don't know the word Scott? Welcome to America, friend. Learn music. Welcome to another episode of the Rudy Librarian Podcast. I am your host, the Rudy Librarian himself, Brian. Yay! Well, I want to thank you for coming to listen to the holiday special today, and I'm going to introduce it and get started here in just a second, but I do want to give you a little bit of a warning that during the holiday special, for some reason, my audio was was a little jacked up. It's not terrible. You can hear everything that I'm saying. It just sounds like I'm... Uh, you know, maxed out and my mic's peaking, um, which is crazy. I've never had that problem before, but I don't want to lose an awesome, fun time that I had with these guys for the sake of that. So just a heads up that there will be a little bit of a technical issue as you're listening. Uh, hope you enjoy it. Okay, so uh, I'm really excited. This is my last episode for 2021. Uh, and I thought, what better way to go out this year uh, the last episode of the first year of doing this podcast and the holiday special, right? The things we most look forward to as kids, the holiday specials. There's never been a bad one, especially not Star Wars. So we are excited to have a little bit of a holiday special. So I invited some of my past guests to join me uh, on the podcast today. And uh, I've got a, a few of them here right now. There may be more that drop in later. There may be some that have to leave early, but we're just kind of just kind of having a little shindig. So I'm going to give them an opportunity to introduce themselves, and then uh, we're going to we're going to talk holidays a little bit. So, Jason, why don't you start? I'm Jason Zymet, and I started a company called Unoriginal Vinyl. I don't know several years ago. I'd like to make movies as well, and I love hanging with the Rudy Librarian. This is a treat for me. And Jason also was producer for Pick It Up, which uh, if you haven't seen that documentary, where have you been? What's going on, man? Uh, Gary. Hey everybody, uh, this is Gary Mastriano. I'm the saxophone player for the Backyard Superheroes, and I host a podcast with Brian called Starlight Beacon, where we talk about Star Wars literature, and it doesn't get more nerdy than that. <laughs> and that leaves Duck, who, as as of our recording of this, I'm going to see Duck in two days, three days, uh, at a concert here in Texas. So, Duck, go go for it. Yeah, I'm I'm Duck. I'm the singer of Joystick, and uh, yeah, I, I we actually went to a lot of the same shows back in the '90s and and stuff. So it's going to be crazy to be back at another show with you. You know, be pretty cool. I'm super excited, guys. Uh, this has nothing to do with the holidays, but I am very excited because I have. Uh, so I want to say I haven't gone to any shows. I've gone to one show since COVID hit, and it was the Hella Mega Tour. It was a great show. It was. Uh, the Interrupters and and uh, Weezer and Fallout Boy and Green Day, uh, but and as great as that was, it's this huge concert and you're kind of you know there's not the community that you have at a local show, right? And so I'm going to my first local show, my first local ska show since the '90s, so, uh, and uh, it's gonna be at Three Links. By the time this comes out, it'll have already passed, but it's got uh, Shaka and on holiday and Madeline and the holophonics and joystick and the reunion of rude King all together. So it's going to be a killer show. Gary keeps teasing me and saying that he's flying down and I keep getting excited because I'd love to see Gary, but he's lying. Totally lying. But that's, that's a sick lineup. I, if there's any lineup I would go to Texas for it, probably be that one. 
going to be great. It's going to be a great show. All right, guys. I, so I got to start this out. The easiest way to get this started, I think, is just to ask, are, are we all, do? does everyone here celebrate Christmas or do you celebrate a different holiday during the winter season or are you non-holiday-ified? Uh, I celebrate Christmas hard. <laughs> I'm like, I'm all about the Christmas. I kind of just celebrate the holidays in general. What? Right on. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Yes, absolutely. Definitely. Okay, so I actually uh, I celebrate Texas Christmas, which is a little different because where I grew up was down in Mission in the Rio Grande Valley, uh, Mission in McAllen, Texas. So the version of Christmas I have in my heart very much has to do with trailer parks guns firing into the air on christmas eve <laughs> and uh you know fireworks galore and bullet holes through tin roofs and trailer parks like literally that's the version of christmas i celebrate in my heart from growing up with my grandparents every christmas and celebrating down there it's gonna ask do you so, still still celebrate that way yeah absolutely in colorado <laughs> hit. is that is that frowned upon in colorado or welcome I mean, what county are we talking about? <laughs> uh, now, now we have a very nice Colorado Christmas. The Nitty Gritty Dirt Band song, Colorado Christmas, is how we like to celebrate. We go pl someplace snowy, even if it's only 35 minutes into the mountains, it's worth it. We love Christmas and we love all things snow. So I've always been a fan of the holiday season. Now, obviously, for me, you know, like everything's really geared to Christmas, but I am... I love the beauty of like every other kind of holiday tradition too. I just love winter and like, I love the big lights and decorations and I love, it feels like people are a little nicer to each other except for when they're shopping. And so um, that's, one of, that's one of the reasons that I've, I've always been a huge fan of the holiday season. Um, for most of us here, I, well, I mean, at least before now, I don't, we don't get snow at Christmas, usually here in Texas. I'm guessing New Orleans is the same, right, Doug? Yeah, it, it, it snows here maybe once every, like, uh, seven or eight years. Half an we, inch on the ground. <laughs> we get snow in February. So uh, is, is, do you guys look forward to the snow up there in your northern states? I hate snow. I live in New Jersey, and it snows. It are, I went running in the snow on Sunday. I hate snow. <laughs> hate it it's the most new jersey reaction i've ever heard yeah <laughs> colorado, forget about it forget about snow. colorado people we just love all of it like who care it's all it's all good we haven't had any this year really to speak of it's been the longest drought without snow in in recorded history now into december so that's a unique thing for us to not have at least three or four snowstorms by now so we're actually kind of missing it we're wishing for more so when I met my wife, my wife's from Massachusetts. The first Christmas we went up there, I, I prayed for it to snow because I've, I've never had like really a white Christmas. And it snowed Christmas night. So it wasn't snowy when I woke up Christmas morning, but it snowed Christmas night. And uh, in the morning, I was so happy about the snow. And my wife's dad was like, you pray for it, you shovel it. <laughs> and handed me the shovel and uh, made me go outside. I, I went out to try and shovel it. And a few minutes in, my wife was like, no, 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 no. That's, that's not how you do it. Let me show you how to get this done. And uh, she schooled me in, in, in shoveling snow. I guess there's a real specific way that has to be done. 
You know, last last year we got a lot of snow in New Jersey, and it was the first time I ever used a snowblower. Uh, I had in- inherited a snowblower. I'm like, I'm never going to use this thing. It just takes up space. But then I used it, and I was like the snowblower king. I was doing all my neighbors' driveways. I was super popular. I got a lot of free cookies from it, so it was great. Nice. You got any trick? Any any tips for for dealing with snow over in Colorado? No, not at all. Just stay inside, drink hot cocoa, and watch John Hughes movies. Like, what else is there? Well, that's a great solution. I love go anywhere. It's the best part. So, being that this podcast has largely dealt with music and and of course books, are you fans of Christmas music? Because I mean, there's not a lot of like Hanukkah music. There's a little bit. There's I I, I haven't really heard. Uh, music for pretty much any other holiday, but there's a there is a ton of Christmas music out there. Do you like it or do you hate it? And 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 when should it start? Duck, you want you want to start us off? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't I don't mind it. You know, I don't go out of my way to listen to it. It's kind of ubiquitous. You know, where wherever you go, it's just always there. At, at least down here. So yeah, I mean, I don't mind it. Uh, as long as it's after Thanksgiving, go for it, you know. Gentlemen. Simply Having a Wonderful Christmas Time by Paul McCartney is the worst song ever written. Oh, no. <laughs> that song should burn in hell and never be heard or spoken of again. Are you from I can't the church? I, I get so upset <laughs> by how annoying that song is that it makes me dislike the Beatles a little bit. <laughs> that's not a good thing when you've wow. written something that is so toxic to somebody's like bloodstream it's like the people who allergically react to cilantro that's the reaction i have to this one song it shouldn't bother me that much but when you get into the middle where that like delayed spaceship noise is happening in and out of time with the rest of the beat everything about that song is wrong on every level i can't listen to the holiday radio most of the time for fear that that song will invade what would otherwise be a very normal happy safe drive so i usually listen to bizarre dance pop christian renditions like this nutcase here or something like that if you know her who's that i can't read it lindsey sterling the violin who does like edm music with violins over it just something uh you know kind of really non-invasive it's obnoxious in a different way so mark mark hopkins from blink has a it has a, a apple music radio station radio show or whatever i think it's called like after hours or after school or something like that and uh he did a holiday episode and he talked extensively about how much he hates uh wonderful christmas time and he says i think he said i think the problem is that when it comes on i like it for like the first minute and then it's so repetitive that I hate it for the rest of the song. And then it comes on like every three songs. It, so. it, it literally, I, I'm serious. I think it has for specific musicians with the specific trained ear, it has almost like a, a physiological effect on us where we're like this, there's many things compositionally wrong with this song. And to your, to his point, I guess the repetitiveness, everything about it, I just can't stand it. On so many levels. Ugh. Now, Gary, king of the hot takes, you, you had a reaction to this. Uh, I, I, 
I love Christmas music, and Christmas music should start the second Halloween is over or earlier, because who cares? Halloween is nothing. Christmas is awesome. And I worked in retail for a very, very long time, so I had to hear Christmas music like November 1st, midnight. Um, yeah, hit me with that Mariah Carey. Hit me with that Paul McCartney. Give it to me all. Feed it into, put it right into my bloodstream. I'm all about it. I don't, I don't listen to anything else in the month of December except for, this is a weird tradition, Christmas music. And then every day of December, I listen to a different Kiss record in order because they have 25 studio albums. So it takes you right to Christmas. So that's interesting. It's a weird thing to do, but I do it every year. <laughs> does, does Kiss have a Christmas song or a Christmas album? No. That's, that's a shame. But I have Basically. a T-shirt that says "Merry Christmas," so I that you know I kind of put those two things together. <laughs> <laughs> Duck is shaking his head; he does not approve. <laughs> I saw uh, Kiss live, and they they made me a fan. They they are very fun live. They are, yeah. I I would I would love to see that show. I I am a huge fan of Christmas music. Always have been. Have worked in retail for a long time, and so I have lots of friends that were are like, I hate Christmas music because I worked in retail. I, I I love it, but I think part of it is that like, so every year I make a Christmas mix, uh, like a Christmas playlist, and I give that as my gift to all the people I really care about but can't afford to buy real gifts for, and uh, so it's sort of like a challenge for me because I will never repeat the same version of a song. So, like, I mean, sure, they're like White Christmas is going to show up a lot, you know, but it's going to be different artists doing it and stuff like that. And and I love the challenge of that, of finding like, you know, new covers and different original Christmas songs and all different kinds of music. I really, I really enjoy that. And then sharing it with friends. And, and it seems like something that people usually really enjoy. I will say, in going with the hot takes for music here, my favorite Christmas song is a song that has been canceled. Uh, which is, uh, I love Baby It's Cold Outside. I fully acknowledge that it is at least mildly rapey. But <laughs> but I just love that song, man. Uh, it's a great song. What's your preferred rendition? Who sings your favorite version of it? Uh, so my favorite version of it is Johnny Mathis. And, uh, oh, crap, who sings it with him? Uh, hold on. I'll pull it up. It was on my very first Christmas mix that I ever made, which I've been making these Christmas mixes now since 2006, every year. Uh, John, sorry, not Johnny Mathis, Johnny Mercer and Margaret Whitting. Yeah. Oh, interesting. John, yeah. It's a great one. And it, I mean, it's, it's classic because I really like like the crooners and all that kind of stuff too. I've always liked that kind of music as well. Um, but I've done so many different versions. There's a great version that John Legend does where he up, up with, uh, I think with Kelly Clarkson, where he updates the lyrics um, and is like, you know, if you want to go, feel free to leave <laughs> kind of thing. Um, there's a version. Does the word consent like make its way into the song in some probably, way? Probably. Oh, jeez. Yeah. But, and I think, I think I maybe fell in love with that song because of Elf, the movie. Honestly, yeah. Which, Brings me to my next question. Oh, by the way, I'll say I'm 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 in the. I have to start listening to Christmas music in October because I make the playlist and I try to have the playlist ready before Thanksgiving to give out for people who's listening to Christmas music at Thanksgiving. Uh, so I do start listening early. But the thing is, is that because I start listening so early, I don't really listen to it as much in December as I would otherwise, because I'm kind of by that point I've had enough. I've been listening for you know, two solid months a lot. 
And so I, I kind of I kind of back out a little bit in December and start listening to other stuff again. Uh, and sometimes that bums me out because I wish I was listening to it more in December. Yeah. What about uh, what about holiday movies? Do you guys have a favorite? Do you like to watch winter holiday type movies? I've got two records up there. One is uh, well, there's Home Alone and there's a Frosty the Snowman record up there too. So those two are staples. I gotta watch both of those, and I love and hate them for kind of the same reasons, honestly. Uh, but and we also watched one called The Snowman. If you've ever seen the animated story called the snowman it's amazing it's like all pencil drawn it was made in the late 70s and it's beautiful this danish choir with like a little choir boy sings the theme song that says i'm walking in the air it's amazing so if you have never seen the snowman we watch that every year for sure but then home alone and, and frosty as well there's a Did new, home alone, the, uh, new home, alone? Watch it. home, no, home alone six no it's bad <laughs> No, I can't watch anything else besides number one. I can't even watch number two. Is, is it really six or is it four? I, I don't it's know how many. Six. It's six. Yeah. Dang. I, so I've seen three, and then I saw I've seen part of the sixth one so far. But I, yes. I guess I guess I didn't know four and five existed. You know, Scarlett Johansson was in three, right? Like, yeah. I, I kind of lost track. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, she said something at some point. I saw her on some show and they were they were doing a quiz. How well do you know your 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 co-stars in the Marvel universe or whatever? And they asked what movie Scarlett Johansson was not in, and she was like, "I was in Home Alone 3. And I was like, "Oh my god, watch that. So uh, I've seen part of Six with my kids recently, and it's got a good cast, but it's not good. <laughs> the, I mean, I like it. All, it, I love bad movies. Like it, that's. Oh, it's a very head. bad one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's a Troll 2 poster back there somewhere. I don't know. Oh, there it is. Oh, that's rad. There. Oh, whatever. That's rad. Yeah, I loved it. I loved how bad it was. It was pretty entertaining. Do you watch uh, Santa? Is what it's Santa Meets the Martians? Conkers. Conkers yeah, yeah. Movie. Classic. It's a classic yeah, it's a movie. Great movie. Uh, it's a Wonderful Life, too, is kind of a staple at our house. We watch that every year, my wife and I, just by ourselves after the kiddo goes to bed. So, I try to watch that every year because that is the first movie my wife and I ever watched together. Um, that Our first date ever was the day after Thanksgiving in 2000. Uh, I invited her over to my, house to, to my mom's house to watch It's a Wonderful Life because she had never seen it. And after we watched it, I was like, do you want to keep hanging out for a little while? And she was like, yeah, I don't have to go till nine, and it was one p.m. and I was like, "Oh my god, what are we doing?" So we hung out until nine, and at the end of the night, we were walking around the Bedford Boys Ranch, which is a, a park in Bedford, Texas. And uh, my wife says, "My girlfriend, my my friend at the time says to me, so how do you really feel about me, just friends?" And I was like, uh, "Crap." No. But I don't want to date you unless you want to get married because I don't have time to waste on all that crap. And she was like, okay. And I was like, okay, like you want to get married? And she was like, sure. And so our first date turned into uh, we got engaged, which I do not recommend, but it worked out okay for us because we'll be 20. Wow, that's a, that's that a wild is story. Incredible. Did she just look at you and go, what is it you want, Gary? You want <laughs> yeah. the moon? That's right. I'm gonna throw a lasso over it. 
pull it down for you. Yeah. Wow. I, you, your first date, you had engaged. That's right. Bro, I guess. that dating, goodbye. Quit. Right Josh quit. Josh proud of me. Bro. <laughs> so, um, for me, my favorite Christmas movie is Die Hard because it's 100% a Christmas movie. And I watch it every Christmas Eve with my brother. And we've started recruiting our friends into this. We call it McLean Miss, where we dress up um, in diehard like diehard characters. We have games that we play. It's this real big deal every Christmas Eve to watch Die Hard. And it's just like the one thing I look forward to the most all year. Probably the reason I like Christmas. Um, and the rule is you cannot watch the first Die Hard any other day of the year other than Christmas Eve if you want to watch it with us. Do you uh, listen to uh, Hans Gruber and the Diehards while you're like eating dinner? We, I, we haven't yet, but I guess we could start incorporating <laughs> that. <laughs> I think you should. I think you should. As a Texas ska band, right? So got to got to give them some some love. Yeah. I uh, I like this idea, and I think that's that's awesome. I'm gonna have to try and be in New Jersey some year for it. You have to dress up though, so you have to wear like your your tank top and 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 jeans with no shoes. Oh. Nice. Yes. Do you, do you yes. want like John McClane or do you're like John McClane. Johnson for sure? You get the cop uniform and you're going. Do you like put that. like broken glass on your front porch, uh, you know, in order to like get in? Uh, <laughs> so make sure everybody's bleeding out the entire yeah, time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking that I was going to dress like Holly Gennaro, but that's okay. I'll be, I'll be fine. So, that what's yours? Um. It's a short film, but have you ever uh, seen Treevenge? It's about a killer Christmas tree. It's not bad. I, I, yeah. Oh. No, that is, I haven't. <laughs> that, that does not surprise me as your answer at all. Uh, <laughs> and that's, that's greatness. Um, so, I, like, traditional kind of Christmas movie, um, I, I, we're big fans of We Really Like Elf a lot. Uh, love Will Ferrell in that. I, Will Ferrell for me is hit or miss. Like, I don't like a, a lot of his movies that I think people love, but there are some movies that I really like of his, and I really like Elf. I love that movie a lot. Um, and then, um, I guess, and, and you know, White Christmas the musical. We both, we all really love musicals around here too. I think that for me, the 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 no, the more non traditional. Christmas movies that that we pull from, we love to start the holiday season out like when we're like, okay, it's it's not, we shouldn't really be watching Christmas movies yet, but we have so many Christmas movies that if we don't start, we won't make it through them. Uh, so we do uh, Just Friends is one of my favorites. Um, do you guys are you guys familiar with Just Friends? Of course, Ryan takes place, in New, takes place in New Jersey. Yes, yes, that is the movie that made me fall in love with the song Hack and Sack. Um, which is a gorgeous song, but uh, but yeah, that movie is hilarious. Also, has some stuff that didn't age well, but uh, but is a, a great great movie, and it's just kind of Christmassy because it kind of takes place during Christmas. Any other non-traditional? I mean, I don't know that you can get more non-traditional than Ducks, but it's a it's a pretty good one. <laughs> Gremlins is always great. Gremlins is great. Yeah. So I haven't seen Gremlins since, like, I was a kid. I need to go back and watch it again. I did enjoy it. You seen uh, Fat Man? That was pretty good. Uh, it's on my list to watch this year with um, Mel Gibson, Mel, right? Mel Gibson, Santa. yeah. Yeah. Pretty good, actually. 
Is that a new movie or is it an old movie? Came out last year, I believe. I don't think it's a movie to watch with your kids, though, Brian. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, definitely not. No, it's pretty bad. <laughs> this is this is not Christmas related, but I did take my son to watch Ghostbusters Afterlife last week. And I was nervous about it because he's eight and a half. And like, I don't know, he wants to he constantly wants to see scary things. But, it, you know, as a parent, you're like, but you're going to have nightmares and I don't want you to have nightmares and I don't want to deal with that in the middle of the night and all that kind of stuff. And then you're, but I'm also like, by his age, I was reading really scary books and really, into, so I'm trying to balance like, okay, parental responsibilities versus I did it and I turned out okay. Uh, and so Ghostbusters, I was like, it's more of a comedy. It'll probably be okay. There might be a couple of kind of scary scenes and man, he loved it. I loved it too. It was great. But, uh, I was glad that it turned out all right. Doesn't Ghostbusters 2 take place at Christmas? I don't remember. I mean, I've seen it, but I don't remember. I remember snow as a motif, but I don't know that that was related. Yeah, it was just the winter, maybe. Yeah, I don't remember that part. You know what's a, a, a great New Year's movie? And in my top five favorite movies of all time, Poseidon Adventure. If you don't think of that as a New Year's Ooh, movie, it's yeah. excellent to watch on New Year's Eve. That's a great movie. It is, yeah. I don't know that... So I'll have to have to check it out. You don't know Poseidon Adventure? It's about a boat that goes upside down. That's the plot. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. That's yeah, that's awesome. Okay, so anybody have like during the during the, the winter season, you know, anytime in there? Obviously we've got the diehard party. I used to throw an elf party and really it was just like a bunch of friends got together and we watched elf. But as we as we all started having kids, that became a little bit more difficult time-wise and, you know, stuff like that. So we haven't done it for a while, but we'll probably get back to some, I don't know that it'll be Elf, but I do enjoy that movie. But what about you guys? I definitely go to the Stanley Hotel in Estes Park, Colorado, sometimes by myself or sometimes with like one or two other guys in the middle of... December, no matter what, if it's going to be blizzarding and it's going to be dangerous, it's about two hours away from where I live and it's deep in the mountains on kind of a one-way road that ends in Estes Park and Rocky Mountain National Park is the entrance right there, but there's kind of no way in and out and it's where Stephen King wrote The Shining inside of that hotel, it's where he filmed the miniseries for The Shining, not the Jack Nicholson Stanley Kubrick, which was shot in Oregon, but the Estes Park, Colorado one that Stephen King himself produced and said, I wanted it to be more true to the vision of my book. So they released it as a made-for-TV miniseries back in the 90s. Uh, I go to that hotel just for the night. I drive up and drive back in the same night. And I've been doing this since I was in college. So almost 20 years now that I've been going to the Stanley every December, second week in December, I go and uh, spend the night hanging out by the giant fireplace in this old creaky hotel and uh, hanging out in the uh, whiskey bar where Dumb and Dumber took place, where Lloyd Christmas looks and says, we landed on the moon. No way. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's, that's where I, my tradition is. And so guys from college or guys who are just random suburban dudes that I run into like, Hey, what are you doing this afternoon slash evening? Do you want to go to Estes park with me? That's happened. So. Mm. That sounds uh, incredibly cool. Yeah, yeah, that sounds nice. And 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 the hope is that like 
the whole town goes dark and you get snowed in just like the shining like that's the hope every year the roads are usually passable enough where i can come home every night but you just go up there with the hope and anticipation that you'll get snowed in and stuck in estes park i kind of like that stephen weber shining made for tv movie by the way yeah it's not bad but that hotel is pretty foreboding it's got a really great energy inside of there and I've been going there for years since I was a kid. So it's just a great place to spend some night in December. Mm-hmm. So this is a this is a, a quick rabbit trail, but it makes me think about like, um, you know, there's lots of different perspectives, lots of different things that people think about during the holidays, but the holidays are also a time in literature and in movies and stuff like that when uh, like ghost stories come out the most, you know, like kind of haunting type things. And I don't know if any of you guys believe in ghosts. I don't necessarily believe in ghosts myself, but I don't hold any you know, ill will to those who do. But I do, I do have kind of a cool story about a place that we went to. So I'm a huge fan of, one of my favorite directors is Cameron Crowe. I love Cameron Crowe so much. And one of the reasons that I love him is just, is primarily uh, his use of music in stories, the way he uses music so well. Um, so Almost Famous is my absolute favorite movie. Elizabeth Town is in my top three. Or top. I, I used to say I had a top six, and three of them were Cameron Crowe movies. Uh, say anything, Elizabeth Town, and Almost Famous. I loved all three of those. So just bought that like this week. Nice. I have that one, and I love it. I need to get. I really need Elizabeth Town on vinyl. I need it so bad. But uh, also, just a side note: like a lot of his soundtracks have like great music by his ex-wife, who was in Heart. So. Um, oh, I didn't know that. But uh, anyway, so in uh, Elizabethtown, and also in this movie called My Blueberry Nights. Any of you guys heard of that movie, My Blueberry Nights? So, first of all, Elizabethtown's a Cameron Crowe movie that did not do great. It got like moderate reviews, you know. But I love it. It's got Orlando Bloom and Chris, Kirsten Dunst, and Kirsten Dunst tries to have a southern accent in that movie. It does not last throughout the movie. There's some scenes where it's there and some where it's not. Because um, she's from Louisville, uh, Kentucky in that movie. And she, like, schools them. It's Louisville. Louisville. Um, but uh, in that movie, in My Blueberry Nights, My Blueberry Nights is, like, in, it's directed by Wong Kar Wai, if I'm saying the name correctly. Um, it's an adaptation of, like, a, I think a Chinese movie but it stars Jude Law and Nora Jones, uh, who Duck went to school with. <laughs> so, um, and they, uh, and it's, and it also has Natalie Portman in it. But anyway, in both of those movies, they go to this place in Memphis called uh, Ernestine and Hazel's. And kind of the, the, the gist of this place, Ernestine and Hazel's in Elizabethtown, is that it is owned by a guy who's very passionate about music and he's lived there his whole life. And he's got kinds of crazy stories about the bands that have come through. Right. And that apparently is, is true. So I was like, we went to, we stopped in Memphis for one day on our way back from St. Louis where my family lives. And I was like, okay, we got to stop at Ernestine Hazel's because it's been in two movies that I love. And we stopped in there and it was middle of the day, completely dead. Like not a single person in there eating or doing anything. Uh, But we were like, we're here, we're going to eat. And so we ate, we, they had great music on the jukebox. But the funniest thing was they were so excited to tell us, they were like, we were just on Ghost Hunters because this place is for sure haunted. Want to see our pictures? And they were showing us pictures of the ghosts that haunt their, 
their place. And the story about this place was, and this has gone on way longer than I intended for it to, but it's a good story anyway. <laughs> the story about this place was that it was originally uh, like a like a, a pharmacy, and then it became like a soda shop, and then it got bought by these two women, Ernestine and Hazel, and it was a restaurant and a brothel. And so one of them ran the restaurant downstairs, and the other one ran the brothel upstairs. And they had a little doorbell for if the police showed up, they would ring the doorbell to let the upstairs people know the cops are here. So they could, you know, make the brothel a little less brothel-y for the police. And, uh, and so you go there, you can see the restaurant and everything, but you can go upstairs and see all these, like, rooms with, like, queen-size beds and stuff that are still there. And they're like, that's where it's haunted. So, uh, so it was an interesting experience. Not Christmas-related, but it, you made me think of it with your hotel. Yeah, Instead of a bed and breakfast, could it be like a broth and brothel? Huh? 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 <laughs> yeah. I like that. All right, you guys, sorry. I, I, cut, I, I cut, chimed in before you guys could. Do you have any that you like to, to, to do during the, the winter? I got to run for the evening, guys, but it's been great hanging out for a while. Have a good night. I say that, Jason. Later, dude. It's just us. It is. The Scott, but I feel like the Scott intensified like immediately. <laughs> Doc, can I find your band anywhere on the internet? Because I'm in, not Joystick, obviously, I know them. You're better than nothing band? Uh, maybe it might be on there. Uh, this I, have a, a I, I was to in find that every band 90s. In the 90s, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's my mission to find every 90s ska band. Yeah, if you find it, please let me know. I, I don't <laughs> even have some of the music. We had like, Four or five albums. We had a Christmas album actually. Wow. <laughs> Christmas. Yeah, we did. We had a Christmas. It was the last thing we did before we broke up. It was a little EP, like a five song EP. I need I need to find that too. I've got I've got a Rudy Librarian Christmas playlist that I put together last year. And it's like it's a mix of like punk and ska uh, and different kinds of stuff. Uh, and it starts out with, you know, no doubts, Oi to the World, you know, cover. Uh, but there's like on there you really can't find online so they, they're only in my my version of the playlist uh, one of them is there's a fire and empty christmas song that's out there uh which is great hmm it's a cover song of five iron they covered a christmas song no it's, I, it's an original christmas song i think oh cool. Uh, let me see if i can find it real quick it was on like so tooth and nail records which was you know a christian rock label mm -hmm. they used to put out uh these albums called Happy Christmas, Volume 1 through, like, I don't know, 27, like a bunch of them. And uh, the very first one they did had, yeah, this song by Five Iron called You Gotta Get Up. And uh, the chorus is like, gotta get up, you gotta get up, gotta get up, it's Christmas morning. And I'm, I'm pretty sure it was an original. We sing better than me, although he'd say he doesn't. So. Hey, Duck, I just realized your hat says duck on it, and that's great. <laughs> yeah, my wife bought, uh, got me that. I think so she can find me. <laughs> well, you can remember your name. <laughs> yeah. So you guys got any traditions? Anything you'd like to do? I just go to, uh, like, my in-law's house, and he, like, uh, my father-in-law's got a, got a little cabin or a little house out in the middle of, mississippi out in the woods and we just kind of chill there 
it's just uh, me, and my wife, and my father-in-law. It's pretty nice. That's cool. Yeah. Pretty low key. Yeah, we don't have any kids, and uh, I mean, my brother has some kids, but they're like all, all already off in college and stuff. So, you know, there's no little ones running around anywhere. Yeah. I, I guess that makes it uh, way way different when there is. Totally. <laughs> I wouldn't <yeah>. know. <laughs> When's your when's your daughter's birthday, Gary? Is she like she's over a year, right? Just just a little bit. She's a year and a half, so this will be like her second Christmas, but probably the first one she kind of recognizes a little bit what's going on, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, so having kids like at Christmas is is really cool, but they're like it, it makes Christmas I think a lot more special in some ways because you, it's about watching them open their presents and all that kind of stuff. But there are challenges to it too, you know. Like I find like. It, this year, one of the things that we've really been trying to be aware of is our kids, like, we don't want it to just be about presents for them, like, what they get, you know, we want it to be about helping other people and giving to other people and, like, spending time together as family, so we're trying to be more mindful about, like, how we talk about the holidays, what we do together, that that kind of stuff. Um, it's weird because you don't want your kids to feel bad about what they get, right? But, like, we're finding that, like, our kids don't really understand that there are a lot of people that don't have anywhere near as much as we do, you know? And we're by no means rich, you know? I just I have a decent job. Um, and so really trying to make them aware that we're, that, that we, we're blessed. You know, we've got a good life, and, and we want to make other people's lives better. And that's something that I think we're really trying to focus on this Christmas. And it, it's, it's, it's great, but it can be challenging, I think. You know, and then trying to decide like what traditions do we carry on? So like for me, like I grew up in a house where we definitely did Christmas and we definitely like, you know, what? I cannot say this out loud, so I'm not going to just because my kids are in the rooms nearby. But there are things that we grew up doing during Christmas that were like, do we continue doing that? Because it's kind of a lot, you know, so. Okay those kinds of things uh it's hard so but it's good um i've recently taken up as um dressing as santa claus for events and and for my niece and now for my daughter this year i don't have the build of santa claus so i uh have to wear a lot of pillows but it's a really fun time to have your own santa costume yeah I, I can feel that. And I know that you like to dress up. So. <laughs> yeah. And then I guess the other tradition, just band related, is we've done something for charity every year that I've been in Backyard Superhero. So 10 years in a row, we've done a charity show or a charity album um, for Toys for Tots. And that's always been really successful and, and something I want to keep doing. Like, we've always said, like, hey, even if this band doesn't continue for whatever reason, if we we're going to come back together at Christmas to do a Christmas song for charity or something. Yeah, so, so this is kind of uh, a great opportunity to shout out uh, your, your new one. So talk about it for a minute. Oh, yeah. Our new Christmas uh, compilation is coming out on Friday, December 3rd. So by the time you hear this, it'll be out already. Um, Rose, such a clatter. Uh, Duck, I think you guys were on last year. Yeah, we were, we were on uh, volume one. I think yeah. it was volume one. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Um, another one coming out this year. Uh, should be a good time. All the money's going to 
again, Toys for Tots. Last year, you guys might not know, and I can tell you right now, we raised $4,000. I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> number one selling ska punk album in the history of Bandcamp. Really? Yeah. That, dang, that's, that's so awesome. Yeah. I don't know if it is anymore, but at the time it was, yeah. Wow, cool. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. So I got to say about Bandcamp for a second, and you guys might be able to chime in about this. So I was not used to like going to Bandcamp to buy stuff or do whatever. You know, I just have gotten my music uh, primarily from Apple Music or whatever. Um, I definitely see the value in bands being able to use Bandcamp. But what's so funny to me, I think, is like, uh, and it has to do sort of with the you know vinyl thing or whatever. I got an email a couple days ago that my order from Bandcamp was coming, and I was like, what the heck did I order on Bandcamp? <laughs> you know, I don't remember ordering anything in a long time. And it was Jeff Rosenstock's album, Ska Dream is finally shipping out on vinyl. Uh, so that was that was kind of funny. Yeah, Bandcamp's a really good resource. I got to be honest, like when I first discovered it maybe six, seven, eight years ago, it was a great way to just find ska bands I'd never heard of. It's a really great resource. Just find like the ska or ska punk hashtag and just go down a rabbit hole. Do you guys I think that's how I got that's how I got the first joystick album was finding you guys on Bandcamp. I just answered my question. I was gonna say, do you use Bandcamp a lot? Yeah, 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 I do. Duck, y'all use it a lot? Yeah, I think we do. I don't really handle like the money or like the business side of the of the band really too much, but uh yeah, I, I'm pretty sure they do. Right on. Well, we've got, you know, so let me see here. Let me see. I got my list still. Uh, we've covered so many of these. Do you have a favorite ska Christmas album or song? Or is there a ska that you really wish would put out a Christmas album or song? I mean, I love Christmas and I love ska, so I love all Christmas ska songs. <laughs> you know who I thought? I mean, I guess less than Jake has done a Christmas song they did. We, I'm getting nothing for Christmas. Um, but I feel like they would do a really good Christmas EP. Like they've done, like they did the TV EP and stuff. Like they could do it a really fun Christmas EP. I'm surprised they haven't actually. Yeah. 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 You know, uh, just, 330 uh, has a great, a great Christmas album. They do. They do. You know, it's a band like, who's uh, never, half originals, half covers on there. Yeah. Um, a band who's, I don't think has ever done a, straight up Christmas song, but I always associate with Christmas is the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. Because, hmm. like, they have that, like, hometown throwdown in December. Yeah. They have some songs. Up, but I guess they do have one or two Christmas songs. I just associate with them with Christmas for whatever reason. Northeast, cold weather, I guess that's it. Mike Park has a, a several Christmas songs, too. Oh, Mike Park, yeah. And there's yeah, yeah. various bands. <laughs> the Toasters have a, a full Christmas album, I believe. No kidding. Hmm. That does, the Toasters have a lot of albums. It's very strange. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and a lot of them are the same songs on different albums. <laughs> so I put I, uh, one of the songs that I really love that's on my Christmas mix, that my, my Rudy Librarian Christmas mix, is uh, Real Big Fish's Skank for Christmas. And I, what I love about that song, you know, so it's it's got... It plays with that word skank that, you know, like if you're not in the ska scene is like, you know, horribly offensive. And then you're in the ska scene and it's like, what? We're talking about a dance. 
So there's that part in the song where he's like, and when I say skank, I'm talking about the ska dance, and that's all. That's that's completely all. <laughs> so I always uh, enjoy having that song on uh, around Christmas. Yeah, that's a good song. I saw them play that in July, in the middle of July, which was super fun. Like just Christmas live, random? Like live. They're like, hey, we're going to play this song because Christmas could be all year. I'm like, okay, that's rad. <laughs> I, so, okay, this is not ska, but like one of my favorite Christmas albums that I like to shout out is there's this, uh, this is a, a Christian punk rock band who eventually was no longer punk rock. But, um, and, and I think, you know, a lot of bands, uh, their fans say they're not punk anymore, but I think they would say that they weren't punk anymore. But it's Reliant K is the band. And they did an album called uh, uh, Let It Snow, Baby, Let It Rain, Dear. And, uh, and they have, a, uh, the whole album is really, really good. But they have this song uh, that is my absolute favorite Christmas song, period, ever. And it's Merry Christmas, Here's to Many More. And it's just this really beautiful song about like coming together with your friends and like it's like a, a capturing a moment in time where you look around and you see all the people that you love in the house in the house with you and you just realize like how good you have it like what a good life you have you know and uh i think that's what that's what i love about this time so much because it's like the year is wrapping up right and so there's a lot of like introspection and like looking at your life i think that naturally happens at the end of december and you're just you get to take a moment and be thankful like, I'm so thankful that I've had the year that I've had, even with all the challenges, all the stuff that's been really bad. Um, I've had so many cool moments, like getting to become better friends with you guys, for instance. Uh, I'm excited about, you know, continuing knowing you and uh, seeing, seeing you in concert in a couple of days uh, uh, and, and Gary continuing the podcast. And one day, one day our paths will cross, uh, you know, in real life. Um, but, and just getting to see my kids get older and funnier and, you know, that kind of stuff. Like, I love that. And that's, that song does that for me. So it's not Scott, but it's, it's my favorite. It's my favorite Christmas song. I had to throw it out there. It's a great album title too. It is, they did an EP before that and it was called Deck the Halls, Bruise Your Hand. Puns <laughs> 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 are great. <laughs> They, were, they used to do a lot of really funny songs, like for sure. Their first, their first single that they got so popular for was a song called Marilyn Manson. And the chorus was, Marilyn Manson ate my girlfriend. She once believed in God, now she believes in sin. <laughs> it was essentially a Christian rock version of like, if you listen to Marilyn Manson, you're a bad person. But uh, they don't hey, believe that anymore. Is anybody surprised Marilyn Manson came out to be a really bad human being? Does that surprise anybody? I don't know. Jeez. Well, last I saw, he was at a church service with Kanye West. So, uh, what what you do with that? I don't know. <laughs> I liked Marilyn Manson world. too, and like all this news came out about him. I'm like, oh, that's not surprising, but that's terrible. I remember when I was in, in high, a kid, they, they used to say he was the guy from uh, the Wonder Years, like the show, not the band. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I 100% remember that, yes. And it's a disappointment <laughs> that he's not, because that would have been way more fun. Yeah. yeah, and then there were some people saying that it was his, like, Twiggy Ramirez or whatever that's in the band, that was that guy. Like, for a while, people were saying it was Marilyn Manson, then I heard some people say, no, 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 it's not Marilyn Manson, dude. It's, it's the other guy in his band, Twiggy Ramirez. And I was like, 
I, I think it's not either of those people, guys. I think it's a totally separate person. And then they were saying the guy from Hep Cap, Hep Cat was in Boy Meets World, and then that was true. Yeah, <laughs> that actually is true. Yeah. It's funny because I didn't know, because, you know, I've said this a lot, but I wasn't as into Scott, like, I didn't know a lot of the non-Christian Scott bands back in the 90s, the 90s. So I've been getting exposed to them for the last couple of years. I've been learning a lot about a lot of them. So I saw Hepcat in the Pick It Up documentary, and I was like, that's the dude from Boy Meets World. <laughs> And so that's how I knew him. I didn't know him from the band, although that obviously predated Boy Meets World by a lot. They're so good. Jeez, yeah. they're so good. That's a band I've never seen live because they don't ever play the East Coast. Yeah, they never come down here either. I, I would love to see them live. So, so you guys, you guys got to work it out. I keep trying to convince other people that I know that are in bands to make other tours happen in my neighborhood. Like I'm trying to convince uh, Anthony from the Guilty Parties. To uh, get, you know, because it used to be in Half Past Two. So I'm like, all right, what you need to do is get Bite Me Bambi in Half Past Two to come play in Dallas with you guys. Bite Me Bambi, Half Past Two, the guilty parties in Dallas, make it happen. Um, and uh, so far, he has not made it happen. I'm disappointed. <laughs> we were going we to come down there for Ska by Ska West a couple times, but it just never panned out because we were lazy. That's a, that's, have you ever played that, Duck? Yeah, a couple times. It's, it's a good show. Yeah, it's pretty pretty wild. A lot of people show up, and it's fun. Where is where is where is that in Texas? It's in like Dallas, uh, but I don't know if I'm supposed to say it's uh it's gonna be in Austin next year. They haven't announced it yet, so those so I don't I don't know if you can edit that out. <laughs> Breaking news. <laughs> yeah, I gotta ask uh, the dude from Madeline that runs it, right? Yeah, Mark. Mark. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll, 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 I'll message him before I post this and say, is it okay? <laughs> we heard rumor. Is it okay? Uh, <laughs> but the, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I hope, it, I, I hope they play in Dallas too. I don't know. It's like the first year I'd be able to go to Sky by Sky West and like, if possible. see, people don't understand this about Texas. Although I feel like maybe I'm a little bit, maybe it's a whiny Texas thing too. Mm-hmm. But like when people book shows in Texas, they primarily book them, I feel like, in three cities. It's either Dallas, Houston, or Austin, right? And, like, one, that ignores, like, the entire western half of the state, which is a lot of the state. <laughs> but, but yeah, two... But when you're trying to go on tour, it, like, after you leave uh, Austin, th- there's really nothing until you hit San Antonio, or El Paso, I mean, that's going to... Like, you're going to end up losing money if you play in the middle of nowhere to, like, three people, you know? And unfortunately, that's, like, something you have to kind of, like, you know, you got to put gas in the tank and you got to feed eight people, you know? It's kind of hard to balance it, if that makes sense. I don't feel too bad for the western half of the state because I don't live there. (laughs) (laughs) But, But I do get, like, when bands book in Austin, I'm like, oh, man. But that's like four hours away. You know what I mean? Or like three hours, three and a half hours. Away. So I'm like, if I go see that band, that's a three-hour drive. That is far. And then people in other states are like, nobody plays in our state. We drive three hours to go see concerts all the time. You know what I mean? So I feel like it's kind of a, like, it's a thing that Texans whine about. But like, if we put ourselves in the perspective of like lots of other states, 
those people are driving just as far or further to go to shows. So we just got to suck it up. Right. There's a, there's a concert coming up. Can't remember what it is. There's a concert coming up that's in Houston. And one of my friends that lives down there is like, you going to come down for that? And I was like, no, man, Houston's far. <laughs> I'm not coming. I, I would love to see the, the band, but no. It's wild to me as someone who lives on the East Coast and everything is like really compact. The fact that Texas can fit like the, half of our seaboard, half of our coast in its state, right? Like I, I drive up to Boston. It takes me four hours. That probably takes you what, like half of Texas? Well, I mean, four hours is, is literally from, from us to uh, San Antonio is four hours. That's from the Dallas. same state. I just drove through eight states to get to Boston from New Jersey. <laughs> Doesn't it take like a like the furthest you can go? The furthest city from city is something like 18, 19 hours in Texas. Yeah. Oh my God. If I drove, I could drive down to to New Orleans in probably like 20 hours from New Jersey. Y'all should come down here. (laughs) That's crazy though that that one state is that big. Have we? I don't think we've ever played a show with y'all. Have we played a show with y'all? No. Have you guys guys played in Jersey? Yeah, a a couple times. We played up there. a couple months before everything shut down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mill Hill Basement, we played. Uh, oh, we just, we just played there. That's a fun place. It's small. Yeah, real small. Yeah. It was packed. It was packed. We, that was our last, oh, yeah, our last show we played there, and it was really packed, and I was kind of having COVID freak out. Uh, we played at the Meat Locker. Oh, that, that place is gross. <laughs> <laughs> it's really gross, but it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. They don't, I mean, there's no, like, is that a, ba- I guess, is that a basement, too? Yeah, is a lot of basements basement here in New Jersey. In New Jersey? Yeah. yeah, that's what we're all about. Cool. It's it's so fun to hear people from, like, the northern states, too, talk about rehearsals and all that. It, it's, I don't think people that are from other countries can understand how how different our country is from one place to another. Like, it's so different, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you sit and talk about basements, which is so normal in so many states, and like we don't have them here. And I would kill for a basement, you know. I would, I would do just about anything for a basement. Uh, this I'm sitting in my the 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 playroom, which I got to decorate, um, and so my decorations are here. But it has also turned into uh, the 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 craft room. So there's all my wife's like wreaths that she makes and stuff. Uh, and it's great. I love that she does that. But, you know, it's like, man, if I had a basement, I could have a little man cave. It'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. Put up all favorite, like posters and stuff. Because, <laughs> you know, once you get a certain age, like apparently it's not cool to decorate with posters anymore unless, you're, unless your partner is also into those things. Uh, so. Yeah, I mean, I'm in my bedroom and you can see uh, my wife's influence on everything. It's not uh, not my stuff. It looks, it's nice though. It yeah, I nice. have a I have a Lego Millennium Falcon on my uh, dresser over there. Ah, oh, sweet. <laughs> yeah, we used to have one of those. That's cool. Yeah. Doug, is your wife into the same? Uh, are you, is it your wife? Are you married? Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Is your wife into the same uh, kind of like horror movies and stuff that you're into? The the B B horror flicks and stuff. <laughs> I. She's very supportive. <laughs> <laughs> what a great answer. What a great answer. Yeah, okay. She's very patient and very supportive. Yeah, she's great. I'm going to go back to the, the Christmas theme for just a second because 
if there is so other than Halloween, again, if there's one season that gets amazing B horror flicks, it's Christmas, man. Right? Like there's there's like Jack Frost horror movies and like there's a isn't there like a killer snowman movie? At yeah, least two of them. Yeah. Uh I mean there's a lot of those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Krampus. There's a couple Krampus movies. Mm-hmm. There's a, a slasher movie. Maybe you've seen a duck that I want to watch called Better Watch Out. Yeah, yeah, it's on uh, Shutter, right? Yeah. Yeah. Is a, that any good? Yeah, it's not bad. Okay. I like uh, in all the creatures were stirring. It's kind of if you like gremlins, you might like all the creatures were stirring. Okay. It's pretty good. Yeah. So I remember as a kid watching Gremlins and being just like a little bit scared. Not like much, not very scared. It wasn't meant to really be scary, but just a little bit scared, you know. And so, is it the same kind of a little bit scary, or is it like legit scary? It's not even scary. It's just so bad that you know, it's like a comedy. I I I don't know if they're aiming for that, but yeah. Do you are you desensitized to scary movies? Do you watch them with friends and they, and they're freaked out and you're like it's cool, or? Uh, I saw a movie recently that did scare me, and I can't remember what it was. We um. It, it took place like in the woods and there was like a killer guy hunting a, a lady down out in the woods and we were evacuated um, because of Hurricane Ida and we were like in a, in the woods at a state park and so maybe that had something to do with it. But yeah, I, I, I like getting scared, you know? Sure. It's fun. I think another thing that I'm thankful for this year, I don't watch many scary movies. I really am not a scary movie guy. I'm a big baby. I like scary books. But I, I don't like scary movies as much. But I uh, this year, I watched four scary movies <laughs> because uh, they were tied to books that I liked. So there was the three Fear Street movies mm. I watched on Netflix. And then there was uh, there's someone in, in the house that's on Netflix also, mm-hmm. which is based on a, a book by Stephanie Perkins. And she... Uh, she actually sent me a copy of that book for my classroom, like autographed it for my classroom for free, which is pretty cool. That's pretty bad. Heard of it. Yeah, it's on Netflix. It's decent. The um, the Fear Street movies were pretty fun. Yeah, I really like those. The second one was, was cool. The second one was the best one, the one in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Although, most gruesome killing was the first one. Oh, yeah. And the, uh, with the, the meat, meat, the meat saw the, or whatever yeah, that was. Saw, yeah, yeah. That was, that was awesome. That if was you like, awesome. if you like literature, and I know you're into YA books, uh, Brian, have you, have, I'm, have you ever read Lois Duncan's? I know what you did last summer, the actual book that it's based on. No, no. Oh, it's pretty good. Um, they put out an Amazon show that was excellent this year about it. Did you guys hear about it or watch it? I heard it was good. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. It's very good. It's it's not like the Jennifer Love Hewitt movie at all. It's very good. Which is also oh. a good movie. I like that movie. Oh, but. yeah, yeah. It is pretty good. The second one's good, too. Third yeah. one. I can't hear... Okay, I can't hear Jennifer Love Hewitt's name without... Um, there, there, so there was, a, again, a Christian punk band, but the, the Huntingtons? Do you guys... Have you ever heard of the Huntingtons? Oh, yeah, dude. That's one of my favorite bands. They're freaking awesome. Oh, yeah? Yeah, <laughs> they're so good. Did you ever see their music video for, for Pool Party? No Pool Party Tonight? No, I, I, I haven't even seen any of their music videos. So, No Cool Party Tonight was back in the era when I was really listening to them, um, which I really liked High School Rock and a couple of other albums that came out around that time. But so there's a scene in the beginning of this video, they pull up in a van, uh, the band does, pulls up in a van to this house, and there's this dude that kind of is a little, 
off looking like like um doesn't seem like he's all there you know and uh and they're like hey do you know where the pool party's at and the guy comes up and he just kind of is looking at him weird and he's like no they're like okay and he, <laughs> he says jennifer love hewitt and he just like pulls out his shirt and he goes i love jennifer love hewitt <laughs> and the guy from the huntington's is like wow great <laughs> and that's and that's it and then it just starts the song and it has nothing to do with anything and i'm like that is awesome so every time i hear jennifer love hewitt's name i hear i love jennifer love hewitt <laughs> great <laughs> the huntington's did a christmas song too that's actually in my playlist it's one of the ones that you can't get to show up uh on on um itunes or whatever uh what's the name of it it's called it's always christmas at my house hmm. yeah so that's the huntington's uh they did a split with a band from from arlington texas called uh darlington you know darlington they did a split with uh the huntington's and they yes. each covered uh they covered each other's song it was very cool that's cool I, I like when bands do that, like the Cat by Omnigon split. I really, I, I think that one. It's good. So, uh, okay, just since we're still talking about horror movies, we're slightly, you know, we're, we're it's not, now we're not talking holidays at all. We're just talking horror movies. But the, uh, the um, have you guys seen the trailers for the new Scream movie? Oh, yeah. Oh, I haven't seen the trailer for it yet. I didn't know it was out. Did you, did you like the Scream movies back in the day? Yeah, they're great. I mean, Scream um, is in my top ten favorite movies of all time. I love Scream. The guy that the guy that directed that directed that new Scream movie used to be in a band with Adam. He was in he was in Link Eighty. Yeah, he has oh, ska really? roots. The new Scream has ska roots. Yeah, crazy, huh? Nice. Yeah, it, it, just slowly. What we're doing is we're infiltrating all media, <laughs> and, and eventually ska will take over the world. Uh, <laughs> so. The, the new movie looks really, really good. And it definitely seems like it's going to do a good job of like tying the old stuff in while also kind of doing its own thing, which cool. I dig. I love that Nev Campbell and Courtney Cox and David Arquette are going to be in this one. So yeah. I had kind of a thing for Matthew Lillard back when the first one came out. I thought he was like the coolest dude. Like everything he was in, I was like, God, he's so cool. I wish I could be cool like Matthew Lillard. I've I've seen him at a at a Texas Frightmare Fest. He was there, and um, he seemed like the nicest dude. He seemed like so that like I wanted to be his friend, man. He seemed awesome. Yeah, I bet Matthew Lillard likes ska. I'm just gonna go out on a limb there. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm gonna guess here on on who who will answer which way. But have you guys seen SLC Punk? Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Okay, good. Good, good people. That's uh, that. I think that may be the reason that I thought he was so cool. I was just like, how, how can I be cool like him? And that was, you know, like in my early punk days. I don't know what, when that movie came out, so it might not have been that early. But I was like, you know, because I was always in a weird place being a, a Christian punk kid because, like, all the punk kids were like, you can't be Christian and be punk, and then all the Christian kids were like, you can't be Christian and be punk. So it was like you kind of felt like you didn't fit in either camp. And so you were always like, oh, if I'm more like Matthew Lillard than SLC Punk, I'd be punk enough. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right. So I got to share because I, I like, and, and you guys may or may not have an answer here, but I've got to throw this out here on the podcast. And this, this will be, you know, my last thing that I purposely want to put on this episode is that I have a few books that I love to read during the holiday season. Um, they are they are holidayish, but are, is there anything that you find yourself going back to to reading or even stories you like to watch uh, that are not necessarily movies or whatever, but that you're just drawn back to at this time of year? I I don't really reread books. Um, yeah, so I, and I tried to think about this earlier when I was like looking at the questions. I don't think I've ever read like a holiday book. Yeah, I'm I'm a I'm a big rereader, but I also get frustrated at myself for rereading sometimes because it takes away from reading lots of new books that I want to read, mm-hmm. and there's not enough time to read everything. Um, I would agree. I don't think I reread many books, but there is a holiday book that I recommend. What's that? It's called. It's not the. It's called the Fat Man, but not Fat Man with Mel Gibson. It's just a book called the Fat Man. It's like a pulpy noir book about um, somebody murders Santa Claus. And this elf detective in the North Pole is trying to solve the crime. It's it's super fun. Hmm. That sounds pretty fun, man. That yeah. sounds awesome, actually. Yeah, as you were saying, I said I was like, I bet that's down for this. <laughs> sounds, yeah. sounds good. Uh, my so mine, I have uh, really three things that I really like, and I'm holding up two fingers because that's how tired I am as a teacher at this point of the year. <laughs> Uh, I had to stay after work today to tutor some uh, kids, and which was great. I mean, I'm, I, I enjoy doing that, but I'm like, uh, I'm, I'm slap happy a little bit here. But the, um, um, I love rereading this book called Let It Snow, which got adapted to a Netflix movie uh, either last year or the year before, and it's a decent adaptation. But it's it's a, a it was it's kind of a cool book because it's written by three different authors. It's it's, it's a YA book, young adult book. It's written by John Green, which John Green also wrote, like The Fault in Our Stars and Paper Towns and Looking for Alaska, which got adapted to a Hulu TV show. And he's one of my favorite authors of all time. I love that dude. Um, but uh, he recently wrote a nonfiction book, too, called The Anthropocene Reviewed, which is so good. Um, but so John Green, uh, Maureen Johnson, who I really like as well, and Lauren Miracle. And it's three different short stories that take place in this one town. Um, but they all kind of interweave, like characters who are like background characters in one story are like the main characters in another story. And then the third story, and, it, and they, so it kind of all overlaps. Um, and it's really, really good. I just really dig it. It's got some really funny parts. Um, and it's just kind of, it's to me, it's kind of like a just a warm holiday hug. You know, I, I don't know. I really like the book. So I reread that one a lot. Um, I really like uh, the book Dash and Lily's Book of Dares, uh, which also got adapted to a Netflix show. Um, and that one is written by, um, I just about said Gary Mastriano. That would be wrong. It was, hey, yeah, look, I'm super popular as a YA author. You guys didn't know. <laughs> it's written by, it's written by uh, David Levithan and Rachel Cohn, um, which they wrote Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist also. And I love Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. Uh, it's got one of my favorite quotes from any book ever. Um, but uh, anyway, Dash and Lily's Book of Dares is like a real cute, real cute movie, real cute story, real cute TV show and book um, about this guy who basically, well, actually, it's this girl who loves Christmas, 
but she's having like a terrible year. Like her family's all leaving her and stuff like that. So she like writes a dare in a notebook and hides it in the Strand bookstore in New York. And this guy finds it and he hates Christmas like so much. Can't stand Christmas. But he thinks the dare is kind of fun. So he does it and they start like doing different dares for each other. And, you know, of course, falling in love as they go. So it's a little romantic thing, you know, it's cute. Um, and then the third one that I love, there's this short story collection called My True Love Gave to Me, which is edited by Stephanie Perkins, who wrote that horror book I was talking about. There's someone in, in the house. Um, so it's a bunch of different authors, about like 12 different young adult authors writing different short stories. And there's all kinds of stuff in there. There's like one of them's got like uh, uh, like Holly Black, who writes a lot of like dark fairy stories, has a story about Krampus in her book. Uh, and stuff like that. But my favorite story is this short story in there called uh, Christmas California by uh, uh, Kirsten White is the author. And it's the story, it's like this very, very, very small town. And the main character is this young girl who basically hates her town. Her mom has started she feels like her mom ignores her because uh she's always working and she has a boyfriend that doesn't ever talk but they live with the boyfriend and everything and she thinks that they basically are all ignoring her and she has to work in this like really stupid campy christmas cafe that's literally christmas themed when you open the door santa says ho 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 and there's like elves and reindeer and crap everywhere and uh, and one of her coworkers is like pregnant, but like she has an abusive boyfriend, and so just everything sucks. Everything sucks. And then this guy gets hired on uh, to be the new cook there, and there's something kind of weird about him because like it's like he can he knows what people want to eat before they say it, and so he's making all these meals and. Um, and she's like, how, how the heck do you know that? And, and also he was like, he went to jail, but he won't say why, <laughs> huh. uh, but it's also like, it's kind of a, you know, like a, it's almost like a Hallmark movie type thing. It's like a sweet little romantic kind of story. And that story I've read to my students every year for the last like five or six years. I read it for about five to 10 minutes every day for the last week before we go on winter break. And they all really love it because it's, it's it's really about like remembering that, you know, again, kind of remembering that you, what you've got is good. You've got a good life. You know, kind of thing. So um, those are my, those are my go-tos. I go back to those a lot. I mean, the Grinch, <laughs> the Grinch is a good one. It is a good one. Okay. Well, that requires an, a question. And I don't know if you've seen all of them, either of you guys, but there, I, there are at least three versions of the Grinch, right? We've got the old school with uh, Boris Karloff voicing the Grinch, right? We've got the uh, live action with Jim Carrey. And then we've got the newer animated one with Benedict Cumberbatch uh, voicing the Grinch. Which one's better? I, mean, I like the new one. Good. I thought the new one was pretty good. Jim Carrey one's uh, the weakest, I believe. I would actually agree exactly with that. And it's a shame because I love Jim Carrey. And I love Boris Karloff. If you had to ask me my two favorite actors, I'd probably say Jim Carrey and Boris Karloff, which is ironic. Hmm. It's a really weird collection, but it's but it's cool. I'm gonna say uh, 
I I don't know. I might agree with you guys, but the Jim Carrey one has my favorite quote ever from it, or like my favorite my favorite quote out of the three. So he has that scene where he's going through the phone book, and he's like, you know, so and so who, I hate you, <laughs> and then he just goes, loathe entirely. I'm just like. That's another line that comes to mind a lot. When someone's being irritating, I just want to be like, loathe entirely. If you want to bring it back to, to music a little bit, the girl who plays Cindy Lou Who is a singer in a punk band that I don't remember what they're called now, though. I didn't know that. In the Jim Carrey version? Yeah, the girl the girl who plays Cindy Lou Who is in a, a singer of a punk band now. They're pretty good. I wonder, if they, uh, I wonder if they cover the Who. That would be pretty cool. That'd be really fun. Or just cover a Grinch song. <laughs> Taylor Momsen. You know, I have heard that name. Okay, who, who is she? I'm going to find out now. And American singer, songwriter, model, and former actress. Uh, she is the front woman of the American rock band, The Pretty Reckless. There you go. Oh, They're no kidding. Band. Yeah. Wow. Huh. You learned something. Uh, I, I have to I have to bounce out, gentlemen. Uh, yeah, same. It's been a real pleasure. I guess I'll see you in a couple of days. Absolutely. I'm I'm gonna say one last thing here as we go. Somebody needs to turn the uh, song from Ru- Rudolph, the Why Am I Such a Misfit? That needs to be a punk or ska song. I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> I'm deeply grateful for both of you guys. Thanks for being on the show this year. Thanks for coming today. Happy holidays. See you in a couple days. May the force be with you. Thank you. Later. That's it for this week's podcast, but I hope you'll come back and check out the next podcast as I continue to interview the guests, both uh, ska guests and literary guests that have inspired me and gotten me more and more into the scene. Until then, thanks for hanging out here with the Rudy Librarian.